0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the Becoming Immune Confident podcast. This is Dr. Kara here, your hostess. I am a board certified pediatric and adult allergy immunology lifestyle medicine doc and autoimmune patient. And I love bringing other folks from the community that we've connected with um, that I think will provide awesome inspiration and helpful tips and things that just are really helpful for our community. And I'm really excited today to welcome Julie Redmond. She is a happy wife and a twin mom. She is fueled by fun earrings, dark chocolate, meaningful conversations, and her relationship with Jesus. She is on a mission to make mom life feel easier. And she is all about implementing simple systems for a productive and intentional motherhood fueled by self-awareness and faith. And I am so excited to connect with Julie to learn more about what she's up to. And hopefully we can all get some tips from her today, too. Thanks, Julie, for joining us today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me here. It is truly my pleasure. And I'm excited to talk with your community. And I love bringing practical tips. So
0: I know you're located a little more on the East Coast, but I feel like part of my being is like a Midwest mom. Is always searching for a good deal and liking things that are practical, sustainable, cut through the crap, excuse me, yes, yes. you know, like um, sure. it sounds like we have a little bit of that in common. I also I love the fun earrings. I'm on a bit of a hiatus at the moment because my 20 month old will go straight for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they bring so much uh, light and energy and shine to our faces. I love it. How did you get into doing the work that you're doing? I'd love to hear your story.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's one of those. I'm always like, I don't have this epiphany, singular moment type story. It's just a natural evolving over time, becoming a mom. And I feel like that's so many as you shift into that role that life just changes and necessitates new things. And so parts of me that had that plan type A planner personality brought out a little bit more of just really having twins. I was in survival mode longer than I would like to admit. And that's why I'm here to help other people not be in that. Uh, but yeah, just figuring out how do I do this? What routine works? Like how do I accomplish everything I want to do in a day, everything I have to do, much less what I want to do. So it was just really a journey of testing things out and and trying to come up with plans that worked and. So much of it is now when my kids are older, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could talk to my younger self. And so that's what I do to really help shift our expectations because motherhood is so hard. And any other issues you have, health issues or whatever, that just layer extra components of complicated (laughs) things. And so whenever I hear moms struggling just with kind of those practical day to day things or just feeling like, they're giving up what they want to do. They feel like they just have to do the everyday and they can't pursue what they want to do. And just something rises up in me every time. And I'm like, no, let's figure it out. Don't just pass up on that. Let's figure out a system. Let's figure out a plan of how you can do more than one thing and be more than one thing. So yeah, I just get really rubbed up when I hear one of your moms. I'm like, no, we can figure it out. You can do better.
0: So maybe we can dive in and talk, you know, self-awareness is so much a part of what you do, what you talk about. When did you discover like what self-awareness was? <laughs> like tell us yeah, a little bit about yeah, that.
1: That's true because yeah, once you're in it, you're in it, but yeah, how do you jump into that and and I feel like it really was um, more so in the last few years. I had done some different personality tests over time and the Enneagram and different things. And I know I had a real light bulb moment with the Enneagram. For anybody who knows, like I'm a type three, but not like a super by the book three. But um, when you stress out, you're a nine. And I'm usually very highly motivated and ready. I want to get things done and do things. and I would find these times where I'm just super like apathetic, like don't even care. I'm not as motivated. I'm like, what is wrong with me? This is what is going on. And when I learned more about that and your default when you're like stressed and things are going on, because I would not even realize I was stressed. And so now that's my little red flag. If I find myself being like, "Eh, I don't care. And like, I'm just over it. I'm like, oh, you know what? You must be stressing out because you're pulling into that. And so. That was one key awareness moment when I was like, "This is so empowering to know that about myself, because then I can make decisions and be proactive and not just reactive all of the time." And so that was part of it in just learning these personality things and different things, and just spending time just questioning. And I've heard so many times, and I love the word of just getting curious. So whenever you are having feelings, you or someone in your family, is, and you're like, wow, this is a lot, instead of just reacting to pause and get curious of, okay, why am I reacting this way? Why am I feeling this way? And it's really it's really eye-opening. So it's once you get in the habit of getting curious, you can learn so much about yourself and about others, and then it begins to inform your decisions and, like, planning your day and all that that we can get into, but yeah, that's a huge piece.
0: I like to think of it as sometimes we're just functioning, like you said, in survival mode, like just keep swimming. I think of that finding Nemo, little visual, right? Where Dory and Nemo really just, I guess Dory and Marlin, just keep swimming. But when we take those moments to get curious and to get to know ourselves better, it's adding in even that little bit of layer of self-compassion of getting to love yourselves now in um that deeper way. It really truly is life changing. I love the Enneagram too. I was trying to remember I'm the hostess, which is I think two with a l- little sprinkle of three in there where um, I love kind of wanting to be seen as selfless and get it giving. But like when I get stressed out, I am like totally like wrong. <laughs> right. Um And um, that was absolutely the case when I got like really burnout and my cup just was totally empty and account was overdrawn um yeah and that's that huge piece of awareness
1: to know when you're hitting that point and to realize like the whole point of self-awareness is ideally to catch it before you get completely depleted just in terms of it just makes me think of in planning our time and and going through our days and just through this whole process and and self-awareness and all of that and I feel like a lot of the times We feel guilt and it's we should be able to help. We should be able to do that. We should be able to take care of our kids better. We should make the better lunch. It's just endless. And so I always say to do the should test with yourself. Like every time you find yourself saying I should or even thinking I should, you're like, okay, hold on. Where is this should coming from? Is that actually something genuinely helpful that will benefit me, that aligns with where I'm at right now, that I should do this? I just need a little kick in the pants like I really should. Or is it based on an expectation from someone else? Am I thinking I should make this fancy lunch because I enjoy it and I'm fulfilled by that? Or because I saw the other posts of other moms making this like amazing meal or like doing all these sports with their kids or doing whatever activities? That's where you can really free yourself if you start to question your shoulds to not get in the trap of doing all the
0: things for everyone all the time and just getting depleted. So I am laughing a little bit because a colleague, um, acquaintance of mine, fellow podcaster like ourselves, she says we need to stop shooting all over ourselves. Mm-hmm. Using it, of course, as a little play on words. It's just makes me laugh. a good it's, fun. It's so uh-huh. true, though. But it is, yeah. We come into, especially our lives as mothers, informed by what we knew growing up or what we're surrounded by. And sometimes putting a little bit of distance between ourselves and our perceptions, our unspoken beliefs, and then the reality is really helpful. I know I I talked about that on an episode a few weeks ago. My husband and I were very fortunate to have moms that primarily stayed home with us growing up. And we met first day of med school, which is a story for another day. Knew we also wanted to have a family, but also our our clinical careers. And we, for the first couple years of parenting, were very stressed out about wanting to make sure we still had home-cooked meals. We still had a clean house. We still did all the things that our moms had done, but we neglected to realize that those were full-time jobs for our moms. Mm-hmm. and yeah. we were already working at that point in our career more than a full, more than a typical full time job, and so we didn't really have as much time that we were able to spend with our daughter. And at a certain point, it was like, no, it's okay to like outsource some of these tasks so that we can focus. And and we're fortunate enough that we're able to do that. But yeah. it takes a village. I just think so
1: many people don't have that moment, regardless of your situation there, like in yours, like you had the aha moment of, wait a minute, I have these expectations on myself when it's a completely different scenario. And I think that's the root of so many issues. We're holding our- ourselves to this really high standard that's actually not even achievable. But we don't even stop to realize that like we're beating ourselves up all day for not being there all day, not doing all the extra little things when it's late. These aren't apples to apples. It's not fair to myself to hold that yeah.
0: standard. And yeah. the reality, like thinking about parenting back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a fair bit of cartoons being the parent while mom was getting some of this stuff. It wasn't like fair. she was always doing a planned activity or... Yeah, when did that become the thing? She was like, go outside, go play, come back at dinner. We were a little older by then, but...
1: yeah. It's true, though. Yeah, completely, completely different. Another thing, just going on the lines of just timing and expectations, it's just fresh in my mind. I had a conversation yesterday and I was like, man, that's just really, especially like thinking about your audience and struggling with not always having the energy. And when we get things done and having the guilt or whatever, but like when you have a project or an activity you want to do with your kids or whatever, and you built this in your mind that you want to get this done. And maybe it's like a one day thing and you're not feeling up to par that day. And you literally just don't have the energy to make it happen. And then you have the guilt and you beat yourself up. But I want to introduce like a fresh perspective when you have a timeline for something, a deadline, a project, whatever, and it's just not going to happen. Instead of living in that resentful bitterness of I couldn't do it. And now I've failed and all the things to reframe and be like, you know what? I had this planned as a one day activity, but let's reframe it. If I had planned this to be a one week activity from the beginning, I wouldn't be upset right now. I would be on time. Like, how can I reframe this and replan it to be okay? How can I excel at this timeline? So I just wanted to encourage as we're navigating life and all the things that take our time and those hiccups come and we just literally can't do it. How can you reframe it to be like, OK, if I'd given myself this much time from the beginning, how would I feel? And how can I reframe and reapproach this? And um, yeah, it's just very freeing to be like, OK, I'm not behind. I can do these activities with my kids. I can get this work project done. And it's just a different timeline, but it's OK because now I'm coming in it with that fresh perspective.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I'll even just use the thought of this is how I guess it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't work for necessarily all such, situ- but depending on where you come from. But for me, that is something that's also come from, okay, maybe this is just a challenge I was supposed to traverse.
1: Yeah. And when things always go away, we're gonna be we're always trying to do more and more. And it's always rushed. And so How much do we miss when we're always rushing through everything and just, okay? this is another thing to do, another activity, another project. And if it does take longer, then we do appreciate more of the nuance and can savor it a little bit more. So I think sometimes, yeah, we're slowed down on purpose to glean more out of whatever it may have been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Focus in sometimes a little bit more on some of those beautiful little details. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's always the the journey. Right? Yes. Not oh gosh. I think that's one
0: of the things that I continually have to come back, continually have to remind myself of. I have this tendency, I've talked with my coaches, therapists over time, like, and I think it will probably be something I just continually work on through my life. I'm always so excited and like in, in a bit of a hurry to get to the destination. And I just continually have to remind myself, nope, enjoy the journey. Let's keep coming through <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, I totally relate because, yeah, how do I efficiently do this? Yeah. How do I just get there and do the yeah. thing and get it done? And yeah, and yeah.
0: <laughs> like an excited golden retriever, like going. <laughs> out of the ball. Like, uh, <laughs> So how, you know, how do some of these? Um, how do some of these like productivity and an intentionality come into like your everyday routines as being a mom of two? I think
1: maybe just going through some some practical like takeaway things of what I do and it's not always perfect. It's funny because presenting in this like productivity mode, I I feel like the persona is like everything is planned and I'm like super rigid and it's so not the case. I feel like I'm the most like chill <laughs> productive person. Don't give me the hard rigid timeline, but I'm always about just like loose Structure just to guide you in the right direction of where you want to go. And so, some really important things are doing a task list the night before. Okay, what do I need to get done tomorrow, like with work or home, and just double checking the calendar. And so, it's really important to just have that. So, when you have a window of time to work and do things, like I know what I'm doing and I'm not wasting time trying to figure out what to do or bouncing around from every single thing I see, which is still an issue let's be real um the squirrel yeah I was like oh there's there's laundry that needs to be done and oh wait there's trash on the floor I need to get in yeah I mean it's it's endless but just having a few key anchor things to help move forward so having that task list having the family calendar can be helpful like we have it on the fridge and like seeing what's coming up and When the kids are like, what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing tomorrow? Or like, how many days until this? I'm like, go look at the calendar. And meal planning is something that I do to really help just the nighttime go a little bit smoother. Because that's also something, it's like that self-awareness piece of what are you stressing about all day? And the dinner issue of what's for dinner is stressful way before dinner time. Like back in the morning of what am I doing? Do I have food for that? Do I need to go to the store? I don't have time to go to the store. It's yeah. just the uh,
0: no. I'm uh, I'm laughing because it's so relatable. It's like by the by the time like dinner rolls around, if someone's asking me what's for dinner and it's not decided, it is I'm done. Like <laughs> it's a trigger. It's a triggering, activating like question.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's so much pressure, and especially whatever your job is, if you're working outside of the home or even in the home, like you've been answering questions all day and problem solving all day, like. Done. Tapped out. So the yeah, the meal plan is super, super helpful. And I always say this because I feel like sometimes people feel like I'm that anti like rigid. I'm like, wait, it doesn't have to be so hardcore. But just having the plan and being able to grocery shop for those. If you don't feel like making that particular pasta dinner tonight, that's okay. Don't make it. Pick another dinner from another night of the week that you planned and switch it like It's fine. Incorporate leftovers night. Incorporate a go out to eat night. That all counts. Like just whatever works for you and your lifestyle and to not think you have to make a gourmet meal every night. Like that's another expectation I think that's out there That's like crazy fancy. Like you can have a healthy meal that isn't going to take you an hour to prepare and And cooking all of that. It's just to release some of these expectations that I feel like is so common that we think it has to be hard and look hard to do it right. And so I'm like busting that myth that it doesn't have to, it's okay for it to feel easier. Like it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or
0: you're cheating. What a trap we fall into that something has to be hard to be worthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's where we get in the trap for so many, like, trying to find solutions. We're always looking for the thing that's the most expensive or the most complicated, complex thing when it always boils down to the really simple steps, like the consistent, sustainable things. And so that's where, like, all these little pieces come from and
0: just what you can do consistently. So, yeah, I will say for our family, too planning ahead with our meals, it cuts our grocery costs. We waste mm-hmm. less food. It helps with this, the stress. And for me, I know my symptoms feel like my pain, my energy, those sorts of things are in a better place if I hit some various nutritional marks. And so if I'm planning ahead, I can make sure that we're doing a few nights of our meatless nights or really getting a uh, Serving uh, fatty fish or some other things that I know are helpful from that standpoint. And so, if you're thinking ahead rather than waiting till you're in that hangry, like, <laughs> like I need French fries
1: now, yeah, yeah, it's the panic of just you grabbing whatever you and to like, make
0: decisions that the future version of us will think, think, you know, think the that current version of us for, yeah, for sure, and.
1: And it feels good to not have to stress and like when you need to shift and that you aren't just grabbing a million snacks and like just being like, ah, because I know I definitely get hangry and I'm like, I need to eat now. like Just have a little snack right then. Something that will, even if you're like cooking dinner, like just to bring yourself back to calm and you can not just bring yourself back down and make it. But yeah, and I don't anymore. It's not an issue. Uh, but for a lot of people, it can be helpful. I have like a a menu, like a laminated menu. You use a dry erase, and you display it on the fridge so everyone can see. And oh, great when they're asking what's for dinner, go look at the fridge. Or if your spouse is gonna help you, maybe you're working late that day or whatever. You're just like, it has been a day, and I just can't. Like they can see what's the plan and know like the ingredients are there and help you out for cooking take turns and and having your family involved like different people pick a meal each day to take some of that decision fatigue off of you yeah it depends on your family and your kids ages and all of that but it's just what is a little thing that can make this easier that's the question as you go through your day and you have something that's stressful or causing issues you're rushing all the time. Whatever that triggering moment is, if you can pause and be like, okay, what is one thing I can do that will make this easier? Mm -hmm. And just kind of questioning, getting curious again, and figure out what simple solution, what little step could you take to make it just a little bit better? Even not hearing the question, what's for dinner every night by just posting it on the fridge. It seems little and silly, but all of those things add up. Absolutely. Absolutely
0: yeah so one of the things that we realized was like our kryptonite every morning getting out the door, especially when we were trying to get out the door really early, which was the case for a long time. Socks we would be running back upstairs like we'd get their outfits together, right? They'd get dressed, but we would hold off to put socks on until the last minute, in part because our floors on on the main floor are wood, and so if they didn't have the grippies, it was like tumbles and falling and crying so we ended up moving the kids socks downstairs we have little baskets and each one each kid has a little basket it has their socks in it so when we fold our laundry when we do the laundry for the week the socks don't go in their bedrooms they go downstairs and um you know is it a little odd that we have socks in our family room sure but does it work for our family and totally take a daily stressor that we had and like pretty much eliminate it? Heck yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. I like, yes, that is, that's what it's about. It's like going out of the box to think this is how everything works and this is what like plates have to go in a cabinet, like whatever, like whatever you're thinking has to be to really question it and I love that. That's such a perfect example of, hey, Mm -hmm. that was a simple solution. Rethinking your layouts, like maybe you put laundry in at night before you go to bed and set the delay. And so it's like starting in the morning. So it's one thing already going. Like it's anything. Yeah. Question everything where you put stuff and the order.
0: I mean, yeah. When you mentioned plates, I was like, goodness, as we're thinking about The kitchen, our kids getting a little older, some of the ways that we've stored plates and Tupperware and stuff along those lines, it may be worth a fresh look because our almost eight year old absolutely can help. And there may be some things that we could move onto lower shelves so that she and her five year old sister can be a little bit more active in putting away dishes or setting the table. Yeah. Yeah. I have a drawer with like their
1: plates and cups all in one drawer, whatever that they can reach. And yeah, yeah, rethinking whatever you're, if you make lunches, like having maybe the Ziploc bags and the Tupperware and whatever they're all together. Like you just group things, how you use them in your home and at heights that make sense for you and how, yeah, yeah, anything that's going to help other people step up to the plate and just Mm -hmm. make it more efficient
0: switch it yeah. out <laughs> i read somewhere too within the last like couple of weeks about how one of the best predictors of future adult success having a job like just being self-sufficient was getting involved in chores when you are like three or four at home and so that kind of got me like more on board of oh we might be a little bit behind the eight ball with this almost eight year old but <laughs>
1: i've heard that too recently and i'm like oh yeah I need to, I need to figure this out a little bit more. Yeah, strict. We have a room reset. One thing, one practical thing I'll share is I used to call it, uh, I think like five minute pickup. Uh, I call it a room reset now, but just making it routine. And that's one of the other things, especially with kids. If it just becomes routine, that's the expectation and they will fight you much less on it. So like at night, there's a certain time, cutoff time for devices and that's room reset. And so especially those common areas, the living room where things get dragged out and everyone works together and just puts things back where they belong. And we just reset the space. And so you're not having that as one extra thing to do after the kids go to bed and trying to pick up after their mess. They're taking responsibility for it and you can have some downtime. Imagine that when your kids go to bed. (laughs) Um, So That's another super practical.
0: Uh, That is brilliant. I feel like we've done an unofficial version of that, like in the basement, if we're playing down there over the, usually that's on the weekend, but incorporating that into the routine and maybe even having that as, okay, after we're done eating, that's what we're going to go do before we go upstairs. Like that yeah. would be great. It helps to put it into yeah
1: more of a specific time. Yeah. Like something where it's, like, yeah. okay, now it's time to do this. And that segues into the next thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. been. It's been very helpful. <laughs> we were a little lax on the summer, so I'm just getting getting back into, hey, remember we do this? Remember?
0: <laughs> we had curriculum last night for, curriculum night for my second grader last night that I went to. And I started like a little list. She's a kiddo that needs like um, a little more structure. And um, so I was writing down, okay, one of the responsibilities they want her to learn is to charge her iPad every night and then remember to put it back in her bag which I know is going to be a struggle for her. And so I was like, okay, can we make like a a checklist for before school, a checklist for, you know, after school, and then one for before bed of what we need to do. We need to do these little tasks before we dive into craft time or um, TV time or tablet time or whatever. And so um, I think Room Reset's getting added to that list.
1: There you go. Yes. So it's just finding all those things that you can just tuck in throughout the day that make it easier and make stop making everything on your plate. Like it's that hot mess mom culture or whatever, but just where you're doing everything and you're frantic and all of that. Let's not let's not make that the normal and just share the load and and not be afraid to ask for help and find ways to make it easier
0: yeah it's so important for our health when we think about getting ourselves out of that constant fight flight freeze fawn, like yeah hypothetic, activated all, all these words are describing the same thing. It's a state that really has huge impacts on our immune system health it it increases our our cortisol and um our other hormones that essentially down regulate our ability to fight infections really. Put us um put us in a, a physiologic disadvantage. We need that time to just be in that calm rest, recovery state. And so if we can give ourselves these opportunities more and more often, make things easier on ourselves, goodness, it's huge.
1: Yeah. And I feel like um a big piece of that, because that carries over. If you're starting your day out like up here, mm-hmm. you're just never able to get back calm. And I feel like that room reset really plays into that as well because your visual surroundings really impact your mental state and just kind of that, yeah, fight or flight vibe of like, yeah, I'm already really heightened because I'm surrounded by clutter and toys and mess. And so you just feel the tension. And so if you can do a step like that, something that's going to just make your surrounding feel more calm and end your day and start your day that way, it can just really help you set up to get through and not be in that mode all day long, and just that chronic level. Yeah,
0: that's something that that could carry over to the office too. I'm just thinking about, you know, before I leave for the day, I could take two minutes to tidy up my my little desk space, get rid of the post its that are done, shred the the paperwork, make sure the things are in the fax pile for prior authorization, all that sort of stuff to have that. Would I come back to the office a little bit more of a calm until I open my inbox? (laughs) That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Conversation for another day. But um, that would be really easy. And it's, it's really, you're also really using that concept in habit stacking too, when you connect something with another part of your already functioning routine that it's it's easier to connect things rather than just start something de novo or
1: yeah it makes it easier because it's all in how it feels too like it does feel doable and easier to be like can i take one minute to throw away trash before i sit down you pick one thing you start somewhere you pick one thing of like all right what's one i used to have this thing um written down i forget where i had heard it but if it takes less than one minute do it now
0: it's yes. like a great mantra. Yes. Yes. Like you see something fall
1: yes. on the floor and you don't pick it up and throw it away, hold on. If I just grab it now, yes. it's one less thing. Yeah.
0: We just had a, we just did a social post on that. Yeah. A minute or two, if you can do it, like the activation energy. So like what it actually takes us to like the motivation, the energy, all that stuff to get it done is much lower for those tasks that are just quick and easy. And then you feel good. You're like, Chick. Yeah, a it does. It's a little, little boost. Yeah, brain is all happy. <laughs> yes, it's. Um, I'm looking to the side. So my office is our dining room because, and we just have it set up. And so, um, the dining room table is essentially like a giant junk drawer, and it gets right. various, um, you know, levels of chaos. And right now, it's in pretty good chaos because back to school. All this, I have a few projects yep. going on. But I think I have some little pockets of time today between meetings. And so I think I'm going to do a little bit of a reset myself today. There you
1: go. It'll feel so yeah. good sitting there and seeing it It will. Like, I did that last night because same thing. Dining room table is just like explosion. And I finally, I was like, oh, this is giving me all the stress. Just seeing yeah. it all the time. Yeah, it feels good.
0: Thank you so much, Julie. This was delightful. I am so glad we were able to connect. and you're able to share all these awesome tips and strategies and and philosophies with the Becoming a Confident community today. If folks want to see what else you're up to, they want to follow you, they want to learn more from you, where, where do they need to go?
1: Yeah, the best place is to head to my podcast, Mom Made Plans. And All the links are always in the show notes there for everything brewing, meal planning course and things going on. But yeah, Mom Made Plans podcast is where all the all the practical takeaways are to make daily life easier. And I do just want to share one little line to like leave you guys with. Um, One thing I like to say is no system or routine is going to work until you know how you work. So I just want to circle back and into that self-awareness piece to really yeah. Get to know yourself a little bit more. Get curious. And then you will find those ways to make your day a little bit easier and not waste your time on tasks that aren't going to make you feel better.
0: Celebrate the amazing, unique individual that you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's beautiful. Thank you, Julie. This has been great. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Yes. Thank you so much. If you are loving this mix of self-discovery and science found here on the Becoming Immune Confident podcast, I'd love to invite you to sign up for my email list. Hop over to drkarawada.com and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any insights into new immune system science or how we can harness healing through our daily habits. Are you ready to feel confident, energized, and more like that BA that you used to be, here's how we can work together. Jennifer, an autoimmune dietitian, and I, board-certified immunologist, have put together the one and only Becoming Immune Confident comprehensive course, coaching, and community membership. What we do is we help women with misbehaving immune systems reclaim control over their health while minimizing fatigue, fog, and pain, all caused from too much inflammation. So if you are ready to have confidence and clarity around your immune system health, and a sense of certainty, knowing that you are doing the best for your health and the health of your family, hop over to immuneconfident.com for details on how we can work together. We can't wait to connect. Before we wrap up today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to ask for your support. If you're enjoying the content of the Becoming Immune Confident podcast, we're bringing you week after week, there's a simple but incredibly impactful way you can show your appreciation. You see, leaving a review is like giving us a virtual high five, and it helps our podcast reach even more people who could benefit from the valuable insights, entertainment, and inspiration we strive to provide week after week. So if you're finding value in what you hear, here's what you can do. Open up your podcast app, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, and give us a glowing five-star review. We're dedicated to bringing you the best and your feedback helps us fine-tune our content to suit your interests and needs. But hey, don't stop there. If you have a moment, leaving a few kind words in the review section goes a long way too. Share what you love about the podcast, your favorite episodes, or how it's made a positive impact on your life. Your words not only brighten our day, but they also encourage others to join our incredible community remember every five-star review and every word of encouragement counts. It's like fuel to keep us creating, innovating, and striving to make your listening experience even better. So if you're up for it, show us some love by leaving us that virtual high five in the form of a five-star review today. And a huge shout out to all of you who have already taken the time to do so. You rock. Thank you for being a part of our podcast journey, and we can't wait to keep bringing you more amazing episodes in the future. Until next time, keep shining and keep listening and keep on building that confidence in yourself and your immune system health. Take care.